0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The Cinema Nerd Presents, the filmography of Hoitavan Hoitama. My name is Kyle Woods, I'm here with my buddy James, and we're going to talk about the film Interstellar. James, have you ever been sucked into a black hole? <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, this is,
1: yeah, I mean, obviously the science stuff of this is really good fun. Um, it's a, it's an epic of a movie, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it is not in... it in the traditional sense of that word like it's it's it, it stretches across generations and stuff so it's quite
0: yeah yeah and i had the same uh <laughs> uh sort of experience as you where i put the movie on i was like oh shit is this thing two and a half hours long what's the did we end up with a that's the theatrical run of the thing right yeah no, 250 yeah, no. that's crazy
1: yeah yeah nearly three mate yeah no yeah. um they basically i gave myself time to watch it and then i was like oh i did not give myself <laughs> time to
0: watch it. <laughs> yeah. you and me both i was happy to see that message <laughs> no yeah. even
1: like 20 minutes also um but it's interesting man because it's an epic but i mean i haven't seen nolan this mushy before like sure like like it's very emotional very intimate very like like you know like uh, love transcends the universe message yeah. like i had not seen that really from from nolan as much as this so like yeah it's interesting it's funny, like he goes he goes out to the coldness of space and becomes his most mushiest <laughs> it's like it
0: takes those extremes to draw it out of him Hmm. Should we jump into this thing? Do you want to talk about anything else? Have you watched? Uh, oh, so I haven't
1: watched anything because I've just been flat out. So, um, yeah. yeah, this is this is my movie for the week.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's at least something. You get to relax yeah. a little bit. First. How about you?
1: What have you yeah. What have you been up to?
0: Um, oh. I watched. Uh, a couple of things i'll talk about my birthday was recently so because we're all locked indoors i just programmed a movie marathon for my damn self oh Uh, shit
1: happy birthday mate
0: thank you sir it it was all films from the year i was born 1985 that i was not familiar with or hadn't seen maybe in a really long time so i watched the adventures of mark twain have you seen that one (laughs) no it's a claymation but, movie oh yeah. yes i have with the crazy devil scene do
1: makes oh yeah and he what? makes the like the people and then he starts
0: smiting them Yes, yeah, and like the kids are watching and he's smiting clay people <laughs> <laughs> that sequence in the middle is nightmare fuel i mean it's all pretty crazy looking but it transcends there's about 20 minutes in the middle of that movie where i was like oh I'm watching art all of a sudden. A wild. Yeah. No, I forgot. I didn't
1: know the name of the film, but when you said like Mark Twain and then um, Claymation, I'm like, oh, it's that one. <laughs> that thing's a fucking like a, a real trip. Like yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: it's a fever dream. Totally. A it's fever a, dream. That's an experience. Yeah, yeah I'm glad I had it. Uh, I also watched Perfect with... Uh, uh, John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: I don't know if I've heard of that one.
0: Yeah, it's lost to the annals of time. Travolta is a writer for Rolling Stone that's doing sort of an expose on the new a gymnat- size no, uh, scene, you know? <laughs> and so there's just, I don't know, it's a 90 minute movie and I would wager that 40 minutes of it is gratuitous thrusting. <laughs>
1: Mate, that is 80s in a nutshell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really just that. It's not a good movie and not really worth talking about that.
1: Yeah, they should have just have that as a tagline for the 80s. 80s, 50% gratuitous, <laughs> 30% uh,
0: unnecessary cocaine, 20% yeah. necessary whiskey. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. I got others I could talk about, but I'll. I'll. Oh, you know what? Just one more, since it was the first time I'd seen an Argento film. I saw Phenomena by Dario Argento.
1: Phenomena.
0: Mm-hmm. It's um, a a real early credit from Jennifer Connelly. It's a um. horror movie about uh, like some girls at a boarding school that's all haunted and there's, a or not, it's not haunted. There's like a maniac killer in the, you know. Yeah. I've sort of been looking for a way into these Italian horror films because I know a lot of people are way, way into them and I just don't know anything about it. And so this was my very first experience with any of them. And for 60 minutes, it's really just moody and tonal and a vibe you know like a a spooky kind of weirdo unsettling vibe but it's very just vibey and then it goes nutso for 30 minutes you know in the slasher tradition but it's the first hour is way more vibey and the last half hour is way more slashy than (laughs) other entries in the genre that's cool yeah
1: it was fun yeah. turn it up to 11 on either <laughs> yeah. way You're into the spectrum all
0: right yeah so let's talk about interstellar yeah for sure you mentioned uh, that this was his mushiest one and uh, just for me yeah like uh but it, it but it's
1: not bad like i'm not saying you know i kind of enjoyed it to be honest kind of like a like a family i don't know like a like a a love story from father to his kids but through space and time
0: <laughs> sure yeah I, I have a hard time resolving my feelings about it because the themes that he's dealing with here and even some of the, like the technical aspects that they're using to pin down the themes really resonate with me mm. and then it culminates in something that really makes me crazy with movies, but Mm. is sort of the ultimate reality. And that, so anytime a movie does, especially like a sci-fi movie, um, but it's, you see fantasies and uh, obviously romances that do this a lot as well, but the love is the answer, the mystical force of love pervading the universe, solving the riddle of the movie, Mm. just infuriates me almost every time I see it and it made me crazier here and this time and every time I've seen
1: I, it. So Just to add to that, so when Brand, uh, what's her face, um, Anne Hathaway's character um, when she's talking about love being the answer because she wants to go see the guy that she's in love with, my eyes couldn't have rolled back into my head <laughs> further. Like, so I'm... <laughs> like i was just like oh are they doing that whole speech and like the fifth dimension of love i was like oh my god i'm gonna die but um putting that aside like so i'm basically i think yeah like when i watch movies if something upsets me sometimes i drop it like i just go okay that's bullshit let's pretend that doesn't exist and continue on with the movie (laughs) Okay. Um so I'm 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 thinking back to previous movies that we've watched where I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of all right. No, I kind of got this. <laughs> like I think I should I should address at least up front that sometimes I'm going, okay, that's bullshit and kind of pisses me off. Let's turn that off and okay. then see what the rest of the movie is. Um so I completely agree with you.
0: Um well, I the, think that's too uh, degree you're just describing the suspension of disbelief right and it's how far we're willing to go along on this journey
1: um yeah. but the rest of the journey is quite lovely for me like i enjoy the they the sound design the the scale the like you know the the human elements um yeah i mean so many bits of it for me work i mean it so it feels like arthur c clark kind of sci-fi you know what i mean It feels like it wants to be Arthur C.
0: Clarke kind of sci-fi. That's my other, you know, sort of hot take glib witticism about this is that it's, you know, Christopher Nolan wishes he was Stanley Kubrick um, and Jonathan Nolan wishes he was Arthur C. Clarke. And they're both Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan are really, really strong at what they do, but pale imitations of both of those creators a hundred percent like well um
1: the yeah no a hundred percent like you're absolutely right because stanley kubrick is a more striking more cerebral like you know 2001 like there's a reason people go and watch original prints of it still today um yeah and then the writing of Arthur c C. clark is the same people are reading the same book you know like those are
0: The coupling of those two things that is sort of a leaping off point or maybe a summation more than anything of this criticism which is that 2001 revels in the abstraction because the point that it's trying to make is sublimely universal but inherently abstract. It cannot be bound by reason. It cannot be communicated through math or physics. And yet it is this ultimate truth that we all know in our bones, in our soul, that that love is the answer, that we are all connected in phenomenal ways that transcend the boundaries of space and time, right? There's this soul part of us. And you can't express that through words. You just can't. So trying to give that dialogue to these characters in interstellar just fails you know i don't think it could ever succeed i don't think there's a writer that can make that happen and clark couldn't make that happen either a lot of the development of 2001 was tearing away the logic of Clark stories and injecting the technicolor of cinema you know
1: right. and i think Cues the, the visual hints like really it's a it's a puzzle a little bit you know like they want you to kind of come along for the journey but you don't you don't that have to the
0: get puzzle it. doesn't have an answer yeah that's it, right it the puzzle is outside of our cubicle you know what I mean and we're still in the cave looking at shadows cast on the wall and by giving us an answer here to satisfy narrative conventions. Mm-hmm. You've betrayed the themes that you're working at. Yeah, and I tell that, you what, actually, that that sounds like most of the problems
1: that I have with the film. That, like, which isn't like I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I was like, it's a long film, and there's there's bits where I'm, you know, like a, But most of my problems are just it it spoon feeds me a bit too much. Like, I I get everything fed to me as dialogue or You know, like, and then they talk.
0: And it's kind of the technical stuff. It's not the space solution and the time warp stuff. It's the emotional beats, also. You know, Matthew McConaughey is screaming the subtext through this entire movie, and I mean, he's given a hell of a performance. He's doing the best he can with this thing, but nobody. There's no room for subtlety in any of this, which there doesn't need to be. I don't. But. so the thing that you started saying that this is Christopher Nolan's what do you call it mushiest his most heartfelt yeah. something like that the mushiest yeah he shouldn't he, he bad at that <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean I would like this movie a lot more I think if it didn't have those or if at least if it pulled way back on those you know yeah. well, I movies. think um, like yeah no I mean I, I get what you're
1: saying like I just think like if you stopped filling in all the gaps and filling in all the blanks and then saying I love this person and love is this and you just have that be the bit behind the film of why you did things I'm fine with it like I kind of uh, yeah like so every time they every time they do some maneuver around the black hole and lose time they tell you exactly how much time they lose but I, I kind of would have think I would have enjoyed the film a lot more if they just showed away like you just you just do the thing and then the time is lost when they get back to the other guy in the ship and and you, you know like he doesn't tell you exactly how long you've been away you just see that he's aged and that he's been waiting a long time and that the fuel's gone down and like and everyone's just like oh this has gone wrong but they don't explicitly tell you oh we lost 23 in a quarter years doing the maneuver and you're like yeah (laughs) but i guess that's the like catering to everyone kind of thing i like the 2001 is a hard film to put in the cinemas today because everyone wants to be kind of spoon-fed a bit more Mm -hmm. but i kind of enjoy the that like the puzzle with no answer
0: but the bits of it does feel like he's maybe responding to a note from Inception, right? Where it does the same thing of drilling down into the time maps and, Mm. you know, more time passes in this level than that level. And a lot of people, I think, especially in what, 2010, 11, when Interstellar, or sorry, um, Inception came out, critiqued the film as being inscrutable, which I don't think it is at all, Mm. but, he maybe took some of those notes and gave us a lot of extra information here because we're essentially following the same kind of time mapping just with a lot more words behind it yeah you know some of the thing that you're describing i think could also be i don't know if it would be solved it's might maybe a bad pitch but you know we don't get back to Uh, Earth, to the daughter, to Murph until the very end of this thing, pardon me. And we have almost three hours to explore timelines with, and I guess that's intentional now that I'm talking it through, right, there, we're entirely ignoring that part of the experience because it's sort of like our, our bookend, right, and that's what's resonating with the time loop of the story itself, So again, it's probably not a solve here, but you might be able to track some of the lost in time stuff if we went back to some of our characters on Earth and tracked some of their activities.
1: I don't know what that looks like and I don't want it kind of spelled out, but you know what I mean? Like if you just had some way to kind of reference the people back home and have time to, without saying it, show the time discrepancies right um,
0: like I almost want to see Terrence Malick's take on this so like because even all that stuff with Jessica Chastain is happening in a very short period of time right so it can't happen we can't stretch it out we can't dilate it to match the time scale of McConaughey in space but the whole thing's about time dilation and this loop so if we took a really lyrical approach and just as like you know the wave comes crashing down we go back to the Dust Bowl and see Jessica Chastain tracing her fingers in the dust. And then as Matt Damon blows up the ship, we see her in a cornfield trying to like look up, you know, just a little bit to draw us here and there. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean so
1: yeah, like that stuff is my negatives, but my positives are like, yeah, like I said, the sound design, visual things, uh, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoyed the performance of McConaughey and um, you know a, a lot of uh, what's her name, Chastain. I, I enjoyed her. I, I think she was a good, like annoyed person. Like, you know, like her her character. The the bitterness came through, and then the kind of resolving of it. I, I, I like, but
0: I like the uh space adventure of it i think from set piece to set piece i'm totally in for each sequence and yeah. really digging on them you know what i mean the spectacle of this stuff is is incredible yeah. when i try to have an emotional experience or a satisfying intellectual experience i do not
1: yeah uh, so another one of the uh you know when they do the time, the um Ouroboros or time loop but the, the, you know, eating yeah. your own thing. Um, it, it always feels like uh, you do kind of get a bit of a trap. Like, you know, I know you're meant to, but you kind of go, how did he get out the first time? How did he find the GPS? Like, yeah, I get that you're kind of in a loop, but normally, normally, you're not putting yourself into the loop i feel like you get you get into the loop by by events that happen but when you're the cause that gives yourself the coordinates to go to get into the loop to become i always kind of go oh that that hurts because what's what starts the loop if you're not like
0: that that kind of goes to my point about the problem is not the loop the problem is answering it because the actual answer is that um i am you and you are me and we are one and we are all together and that everything you know whether we live in a holographic universe or a karmic universe or some combination of those things we seem to observably live in a causal universe so we are connected Mm -hmm. right okay
1: So the the, I will
0: take the more extreme tact that everything happens at once. There's only this this eternal moment.
1: Yeah, that's what they're saying is basically that time all happens at once, so it doesn't matter about cause and effect. And but it just
0: uh, that's not a problem to make that argument. The problem is to ground that argument in literalism
1: as this. That's my problem. Like watching it happen in like in linear time, and you tell me the whole story. It 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 would be probably more powerful if it was a little bit obfuscated, you know, like if you just didn't if you didn't instantly see the whole, you know, like it's not spelled out. And then you realize it, you're like, oh, that's really cool. But you have to kind of work for it. But you don't have to work for it. So it just feels like, oh what's
0: <laughs> well then again, that movie's has already been made and it's widely considered to be one of the better ones of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah. <laughs> This, like I said, I do enjoy this movie. Even if I I pushed play and saw the runtime, and was like, oh Jesus Christ! And then it it goes along. It doesn't feel like a three-hour movie. It's paced really well. It's you know solid filmmaking all around and great performances. Hans Zimmer's score is you know okay, not one of my favorites of his, but it's at least a movie, you know. So Uh, oh yeah yeah, score score is fine. Um, I'm
1: when I'm talking about sound design, I'm just meaning the space stuff where you know if there's no air there's no sound coming from anything and if they're you know you just hear them breathing in the suit and when the air shows up you can hear things and you know like the contrast of the shots are all very stark because there's no reflecting surfaces so everything's just hard light or hard shadow and I I find
0: that all sorry
1: I just find that all very convincing and puts me in the moment and makes me like,
0: oh, this is cool space stuff. (laughs) Totally, totally agree. I I find it viscerally engaging that way. Um, But it wouldn't be a podcast about Christopher Nolan if we didn't go a little deep on sound design. Mm. So I have a question for you, which is how many robots are in this movie? (laughs) Yeah, three. Four. Four? Uh. (laughs) yeah the first time i saw this movie i didn't realize i thought there was one and then at a certain point i was like oh wait didn't they just blast that robot into space oh there's another one so after my first viewing i was aware of two robots at this viewing i was like oh no there's actually three robots and then i just looked on the internet now and apparently there's a fourth one that doesn't do very much so we could be forgiven for (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think i'm with you that the first time i watched this there was two robots
0: no, and the first time of,
1: i watched it there was one robot for me <laughs> first time i watched it i got that there was a tars and then a case
0: yeah
1: right but but then at some point i was like oh no one of the robots is dead and been pulled apart <laughs> like and i'm like wait which one is it and i'm like i lost but
0: yeah so there's like another one and then yeah So the reason I ask it that way is because I saw this movie the first time in the Arclight, in the dome, in his seat. I mean, maybe not his seat exactly, but Christopher Nolan sort of Mm -hmm. infamously, I guess at this point, sits in the center of the dome at the Arclight and does his final sound mix because he wants it mixed for that theater specifically and for the theatrical audience. And so when, you hear criticisms of, like, well, the dialogue's lost and the blah, 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 blah. Well, we're gonna get to tenant, but um, <laughs> yeah, always defended it as making a very specific choice about the experience that he's trying to give people. And again, when I'm just kind of on the roller coaster ride of this thing, I don't need the dialogue at all. But when you're trying to give me simple answers for complex questions, I need a lot of clarity and it just sounds like mud you know what i mean it's impossible to track a lot of what's being said through this movie
1: Ah, so i i am um, have been watching a lot of these movies with a dutch person who we put subtitles on to because a lot of English films go very quick, yeah. and she speaks perfect English, but you know, just second language. You just put the subtitles on to kind of. Mm-hmm. So maybe I, maybe I'm I'm like giving myself a little bit of a, like a prop up on this one because I, I I didn't have trouble with the dialogue, but I'm also capable of reading it if I don't quite follow it. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I definitely will be putting the subtitles on for. ten <laughs> When we get to that one, I'm like, first time I watched that one, I didn't hear a bloody thing.
0: Also, um, a lot of masks in this one, too, which I had forgotten about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but you get you get what they're saying, right? Like, that if everyone's wearing big fucking helmets and masks, you might not actually hear what they're saying all that well. And it and kind of. Fine. Yeah. Like, I get it, but I'm also like, you still have to get the story across.
0: <laughs> Which is why you need to make a decision. Like, are we doing an abstraction here or are we doing a literal?
1: Which I'm I'm good with. Like, I would love the film where you don't quite hear all the dialogue. Nothing's filled in and the helmets are fully, like, opaque. Unless the radio's working, you can't hear anything. This is a cool film to me. But, yeah. like, going halfway, you're right, it kind of, mid like it um
0: yeah and again just a a dumb pitch here but to take it to a silent a silent film or something more lyrical you just give Murph a piece of jewelry and then when the old lady shows up at the end of the movie wearing the same piece of jewelry that moment still lands and we don't have to have all of these ridiculous pieces of dialogue
1: yeah ah that'd be great (laughs) and it would be really great because then that whole her telling him to leave thing you wouldn't need that because he would see it know she's good know she's old and then just like from a distance he ducks out like he's like oh that's all good everything worked out i'm gonna go and solve my problem um it would be cool as a visual story rather than a a, like a almost narration like
0: (laughs) Yeah, I want to see Interstellar, the silent film. We've, we've pitched a couple of fan edits on, on this thing so far. So that's my next one is I, wanted, I want to chop down a lot of Interstellar and do it as a much more lyrical movie. I mean, okay, I would keep it epic because I think that, like you said, the the
1: space stuff, timing is fine. Like I am on board. I am riding along. You know, like, they lose this ship and they do this and they lose time. I'm like, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's, just, that's great. No, honestly, most of what I would chop out is dialogue. That's it. I'd just take explanation out. I'd take yeah. all the times that they tell me literal years and all the, like, filling in the, the like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why this. And I was like, okay, we get it. You're doing it. You're already there. Uh, yeah. I, it- I would, like, for Bran's story to not reveal that she's in love with him ever but you just get a hint like I would like the whole push towards Edwards and then they go to man like so she's trying to push to this one and they're going to this one and I'd like there to be no conflict at that point but, you know, like, she's just pushing. And then at some point, you see her crying over the grave of Edwards or whatever. And then you realize, oh, that was, you know, like, or something, like, just a kind of a hint. And then you're like, yeah. oh, like, I actually you could
0: respond to that stuff this time. I didn't like it as much the first time. But I found that Anne Hathaway, the, the love mm-hmm. and the, the sort of longing and the need for the story to continue through that love. Mm. Uh, sort of as an effective um,
1: I I really liked it but I think it would be really cool if you kind of discover it rather than be told it
0: like yeah I mean that's kind of what we're saying this whole way is like let's let's take words out of people's mouths a little bit here and like, because there's so many incredible actors in this thing nobody needs nearly as many words as they're saying you know we can we can get that done in a, a, a look
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah, good, good. What good about Van Can we talk a little, a little yeah. cinematography? For sure.
1: Um, I mean, the scales are really captured for me. Like, uh, like the farmhouse dust bowl scale of that,
0: mm.
1: that big sky. Like, um, yeah, and the yeah the, the, that that. The way that they've shot it like the old nineteen thirties US yeah, dust bowl. Cool. Is that like Texas or something? Sorry, I, I Texas I
0: and Oklahoma and I mean a large swath of the continent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they're kind of doing like a worldwide version of what happened in those areas, like um.
0: Yeah, I I Yeah, and to I that don't... point, there's there is a lot of like there's fires in the crops off in the distance, you know, and that reminds me of some of the stuff that you were talking about when we were getting into hoita, wanting to explore details in the far ground.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. like the, the back, the, the having the important bit of the message be kind of far away and out of focus sometimes. I, I really enjoy that, like, it, it, um, it pays off a lot to me, where you're kind of, it, it even just adds emotion and mood to a scene like where you're just you're there and you know something's wrong but you may be not even realizing that people burning off crops in the distance is you know pretty you know like looming <laughs> yeah it's the problems of the future looming on you like it's
0: yeah. the yeah. other
1: one um
0: that does the same thing but very inverse it's not it's much more celebratory but the baseball game at the end where the ball goes up into the window you know (laughs) hits a home run to the other side of the loop yeah that sort of has a, a similar energy to me where it's yeah not off in the distance but it's a detail that's communicating a lot about where we are in this moment yeah
1: Um, did you get I mean yeah like they at the end like okay so this was one of the things where they didn't explain it and I'm like uh, it's more like I I, I don't think it needed to be explained but I just they had a base by the wormhole like a big bit where they're living by Saturn near the bit that can travel to different parts of the universe right uh they've got all the spaceships but not a single one has gone to where brand ended up um so he takes the spaceship to go and see her but i'm like wait they've had all these ships for a while and like they're they built the whole space station and no one thought to go and like see the person that they left on a planet
0: well, until he comes back, they don't know that she's been left, right?
1: Ah, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. I, I mean, I, I... Yeah, all right. Yeah, until then, all the communication is one way. And even then, right. they, we only get, like, one communication, and it's yeah. years and years old, right? Yeah,
1: okay, okay, there we go. That, that's all it was. I, basically, I just thought once they'd had 50 years of building a space station that someone would have worked out going through the wormhole but I guess...
0: <laughs> that again we could have for a movie that's spelled out every single other step of this yeah. thing we could have somebody say like a line of dialogue hey now that you're back do you know what happened to these people or yeah. <laughs> like sorry <laughs> you can't go off into that spaceship because you've got wormhole sickness you gotta wait a week and then he's like i'm fucking out of here i gotta go be a hero anyway whatever you know yeah. no they um
1: yeah yeah they, i think that was it because i don't i don't want it all explained but if they're going to explain 99 percent of it just that little bit at the end i was
0: like wait <laughs> what's going on but yeah
1: no that's okay. i mean
0: it's a common refrain you need to either explain way more or way less and this kind of falls into the it's definitely on the side of way more but it still doesn't explain enough. And I, I think it needs to explain way, way less. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, I, I enjoy the lost in space stuff. Like I do, I, I enjoy the, 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 the problem solving on the fly, the the it felt like a you know like a swast almost, you know like you're just in the ship and they're solving issues and they're getting you know like I was sure. felt cool like
0: uh, good fun. It does well to up the stakes the whole way, you know, especially on the space adventure. None of that feels arbitrary. It's a lot of like, well shit, this is yeah. fucked now, and now that's fucked more. And yeah, I, I
1: like that actually, like the. Uh, she wants to go to Edward. He decides to go to Man, and you're like, "Oh, that's probably not going to work out." But you get there and you realize that it's all a scam yeah. from Man's point of view, and then you realize that it's a scam, the whole thing. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! And then we like wait, and then things blow. You know, like they really <laughs> escalated. Like, um, and it's like, oh, we don't have enough for any of this anymore.
0: Uh, isn't that yeah. always the thing? never enough fuel to get back home space adventure. Yeah. um uh yeah hoiter i i
1: i mean just yeah the framing the i don't know if he's yeah okay so um i liked the difference between like i was saying the the kind of agoraphobic outsides of like these giant fields and these giant planet vistas and these giant you know like it's huge it's huge and kind of un- overwhelmingly huge a lot of these things and then uh inside uh, i think it might be like a, a bit of the imax thing but they actually change the aspect ratio when you go inside to like the farmhouse and things so right. you've got a full like the the full size 16 by nine, but then it drops into a um Oops, it drops into a letterbox um, when you go inside so it kind of claustrophobics the inside of the house as to make the outside feel even bigger. <laughs> um, I found that quite striking. Like so a lot of those moments I didn't even notice it the first couple of times but I was just like wow I feel entrapped in this little house. But it was because they'd kind of put a letterbox on. Once the once you get inside the door, away from the dust storm, the letterbox traps you in. And I found that quite, I found that quite a cool tool.
0: It also does. I'm kind of being reminded of her right now. I, I was just trying to look at the production designers, um, but it was fruitless. It, our man Hoita though. Is able to capture with his lens at the very least this sort of conflict between time periods. So <clears throat> there's a lot of future tech happening in mm-hmm. Interstellar, but they're driving old pickup trucks and you know yeah. dirty clothes and stuff like that. Same thing, you know, kind of the opposite of her, where it's a lot of like old-timey high-waisted pants and shiny technology and <laughs> yeah. So there's something about that balance of tone that, at least as a through line, you know, it's it's tough to say how much we can credit him with, but he, he put the camera together, so that's something.
1: Yeah, but I, I I do, I mean, I do think he's a his job that he's doing is done very well. So the visual framing, the you know, like. The, the cues of the film visually, are, are beautiful. I think Hoiter is a a good choice for yeah for even these big epic films because he does these you know he does the littler films quite quite well. I mean I you know how much I loved like let the right mm-hmm. one in and stuff. But uh, it's cool that he he kind of move he can transplant onto these giant epic films and still you know actually it might even work better
0: maybe yeah just because there's more of a palette for those details to unfold within yeah he's he's a very talented guy really like looking at the work yeah i'm
1: enjoying i'm enjoying this journey of watching all those films to be honest this is yeah
0: (laughs) i am too and maybe that it is my constant criticism that this movie would be better as a silent film is maybe a celebration of hoiter uh, yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's
1: true yeah